Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Turn or scroll to Psalm 145. Uh, Talisha, I agree with you as you said last week. Sometimes the Psalms are a bit hard to discern and to understand. Uh, it's, it's very poetic. Uh, you know, all of the, all of the psalms are, are, are poems or songs. The one that we're in this morning is called a song of praise. And uh, some things, a few things that I want to point out uh, this morning before we get into uh, the scripture uh, is that the psalms are, are meant, they were written uh, to, to stir our emotions, to stir our affections, uh, toward God, away from uh, uh, things and, and this world, and really to, to stir every bit of emotion and affection uh, to be awakened uh, toward God, uh, to awaken our, our ex- and express our emotions. Uh, I want to give you guys just a few. Uh, I, 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 I preached a sermon several years ago, whenever I preached, on a regular basis, uh, which would come right after worship. Uh, thank God that he carried us through that season. Uh, but I, I, I preached a, a whole kind of series on the Psalms because I was very, I, I love the Psalms because they're all song. They're, it's just, you know, one big long song, several songs. If you want to write Christian music, I mean, it's a pretty easy place to go and find everything that you need. Just plagiarize for all I care. Uh, it's the word of God, so it's not like you're going to get, he's not going to sue you. You know, he's not going to take you to court. But we, 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 we deal with a, a, a lot of emotions I'm going to be honest and say I'm an emotional person. I'm an emotional person. I get really, really upset. I get really, really excited. Uh, When Notre Dame plays football, you will see me from here to here to here. For the most part, it's down here, you know. Yeah, because, you know, like even though you're like 12 and 0, you're still down here because you know you got to play Alabama or Clemson, some dumb school from over on the east. Uh, and so, you know, I, I tend to be an emotional person, up and down, up and down. I, I'm, I'm not going to hide it. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. But the Psalms help us to kind of even out our emotions. If we see and we uh, and understand the, the, the emotions and the, and the feelings, if you ever read David in the Psalms, I mean, he says some pretty crazy stuff to God. Who, who's going to praise you if, you if you kill me? Well, somebody else will. But David sure had the guts to say, you know what? If you kill me, who's going to praise you, right? He, he had no problem speaking to God with such zeal and, yes, boldness. I mean, he was just like a lion. I dare never say those words to anybody. Loneliness. It says loneliness. I am lonely and afflicted, Psalm 25, 16. All. A-W-E, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Regret, I am sorry for my sin. These are all psalms. Shame, shame has covered my face. Exaltation, in your salvation, how greatly he exalts, he rejoices. We see sadness, we see loneliness, we see uh, celebration, we see exaltation, Joy, you have put more joy in my heart than they have wine, uh, sorry, when they have when their grain and their wine abound, Psalm 4-7. There is a whole load of emotions that are addressed in the Psalms. 
So the purpose of the Psalms really are to uh, help us to navigate our emotions, our affections, not let our emotions and our affections get dragged down and, and, and self-centered, but it helps us to realize that God uh, is with us. Uh, the second thing is, is that the Psalms really are instructions. It's, very, it's, it's teaching us about God, about life, and about man. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We see there God, we see there man, and we see life, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it helps us to, it, it instructs us about life. The very first uh, two verses of this uh, whole book, blesses the man who what, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who doesn't stand in the way of sinners, who doesn't sit in the, in the seat of, of the scornful, but his delight is what? In the law, in the instruction. And what does he do with this law? What does he do with this instruction? He does what? He meditates on it day and night. The Psalms are going to teach us. They are going to help us to navigate all of these emotions. Can, can I just get some honest people in here and that you say, you know what? I deal with a lot of emotions. The Psalms will be good for me to help navigate and manage my emotions. We got a whole lot of liars in church this morning. I'm just going to tell you, y'all are lying. Y'all are lying. So my prayer for us this morning is this, that we not only awaken, uh, but we learn how to express these emotions rightly, just as it says in Psalm 4, 4, be angry and sin not. Uh, awaken righteous anger, uh, that we would see Jesus, amen, like never before. That is who we are as C3 Fort Worth, that we would see Jesus like never before. That when we walk into this room, that we would see him, that we would feel him, that we would act upon what he has done in a way that we have never seen or felt or acted before. That we would see Jesus like never before. So I hope you're ready to get into this. Uh, Psalm 145, uh, I found a quote that says, whoever does not come to know the face of God in contemplation will not recognize it in action even when it reveals itself to him in the face of the oppressed and the humiliated. Whoever does not come to know the face of God in contemplation, blessed is he who delights in the law and who meditates on it day and night. Our heart should be to feast on the word of God like a buffet. It's always there. It's always full. And it is always ready for us to come and partake. So let's go. First point, just like every other preacher in America this morning, I have three, I have three points. Sorry, I'm not original in this. I'm not the first to bring three points. So if you've got a Bible, if you've got something to take notes, first point. First point is this. These are really simple lines. Make much of God, okay? The first thing is, is make much of God. I love how David uh, starts off this psalm. He says, uh, this is a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. That's how he starts off the whole, this whole psalm. 
He makes much of God. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Your greatness is unsearchable. There is no beginning. There is no end to his greatness. He is good always. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his love, his steadfast love, it endures forever. Right now he's good. Right now he's good. Right now he's good. Right now he's good. Every step you take, he is good. He's good. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, he's going to be good. And, and he will have been good from this moment until then and forever and ever. He is a good God. So the scriptures kind of that are on the lectionary that I was given to speak out of are verses 10 through 19. And it's cool how it kind of goes through the first 10 verses, first nine verses, then it kind of resets back to this original thought, this original idea. All your works, verse 10 says, shall give thanks to you, O Lord. All your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. David makes much of God. He is giving us this big God. He is declaring that God is a great God. He's not a small God. He's not a God that's just there sometimes and there not uh, the other times. He is the same yesterday, right? Today and forever. Tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll wake up and say he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is good and his steadfast love endures forever. I love Psalm 69, three, uh, sorry, 69 verse 30. David starts speaking of uh, using the words magnify. He says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, there's, there's, there's two ways that we can look at magnification. There's two ways that we can look at this word magnify. There's a telescope, and then there's a microscope. Both magnify, right? A telescope magnifies. A microscope magnifies. The one takes something small and makes, makes it look bigger. The other looks at one that is large and it, and it shows us how great it is. The microscope is going to take something small and it's going to blow it up. Blowing up little things. Making little things become big things like a god. But a telescope looks at something great and it shows us how great it is. I believe that's how we are to magnify God. We are to make much of God. We are to uh, get, uh, communicate, tell, sing, read, live in a way that makes God big. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. You are a great God. You are a big God. You are a glorious God. Your, your kingdom endures forever throughout all generations. David makes much of God. He magnifies God in a way that he is big. And that is the way that we are to live our lives. We are to make much of God. 
So I pray that through the Psalms this morning, we, uh, they, they, they let us feel, they let us think. We, we read the Psalms, we understand the Psalms, we, we think upon the Psalms, we delight in the Psalms, we meditate upon the Psalms in a way that allows us to feel, to think, to act rightly and righteously. Amen. Uh, so number two, he makes much of you. Let me just say this. You can't magnify something you haven't seen. You cannot magnify something you have not seen. We need to be before the face of the Lord day and night. You can go about your day at work, whether it's at a cubicle, whether it's out on a job site, whether it's driving around, whether it's at home, taking care of family. But we have to keep the Lord ever before us, allowing him to lead us. Why? Because he's seeing us as great. Now, a long time ago, I would have thought, had that thought, God makes much of me, and thought, no, he doesn't make much of me. He only makes much of himself because he's God, right? It's not going to exalt anything above him. But I don't believe that he makes, us, makes much of us in a way that exalts us above him. I think he makes much of us because he loves us. God makes so much of us that he chose to tell man about himself through man. Right? He used man to declare his greatness. He used man and our stories to talk about his faithfulness, to talk about his goodness. He allows us to see uh, his faithfulness throughout all generations, his blessing throughout all generations. He makes much of us. There's a shift that happens right after verse 13. Look at verse 14. It says, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call upon him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord makes much of us, for God so loved the world that he, what, he gave his only son. He thought so much of us, he thought so much of you, that he says, I am going to give my son to come to this earth, to leave his glory in heaven and to bring his glory to earth and to live through the sinfulness, the pain the hurt, the loneliness of this world to die on a cross, to give his life, to be left up there hanging, not being saved off the cross, but fully enduring the cross for the joy that was set before him, right? He went through all of that. Why? Because he makes much of us. He believes in himself through us so much. He believes in you. He believes in the desires of your heart. He believes in the dreams that he's given you. He's believed, he believes in the gifts and the callings that he's put on your life. He makes much of you. He cares about your little worries. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. He cares about your desires, your little desires. No thing is too big for him. 
1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. I tell this story often whenever I preach or have spoken because I love what, it, what, what I saw in the moment. Long time ago, Ezra is little. And he's sitting like on the second row with his cousins at church. And we're on the platform leading worship. Um, and I see him get out of his seat and he walks up the stairs in the sanctuary and up to the balcony. And he walks up to his grandmother, Ruthie's mom. And I see him standing there talking to her. And this is all happening while I'm leading worship. Uh, I was still in the spirit, but I just happened to get kind of like uh, in the super and in the natural all at one time. It's like, it's amazing. And I see him get out of his seat and walk up the stairs and onto the into the balcony and walks up to his grandmother. And you see him kind of either pull on her shirt or tap her. And she leans down and all of a sudden she turns around, pulls out a piece of gum, gives it to Ezra. He walks down, sits back in his, in his seat. Right? Why is that such a, why is that story stuck with me for all these years? Because of what it communicates. He had a little desire, so he approached the one who could fulfill that desire. He didn't let the, the, the situation keep him. He had full freedom. Every kid has full freedom in the, in the sanctuary, right? <laughs> Pastor's kids are the worst in the sanctuary because they play football, they, they play tag, they run around. I guess here we, we rollerblade and we skateboard as well, you know? Uh, the sanctuary is like a, a pastor's kid's like playground. You can do whatever in, in the sanctuary. Uh, but he, he felt the full freedom to get out of where he was at, in front of everyone, walk up. He had a desire. And so he, he approached the one. He sought after the one who could fulfill that desire. Now, in that moment, that was a little, a little desire. If you look as an adult, that was a little desire, a piece of gum. But I believe the Bible tells us to come to him as little children. Why? Because he cares about us. He wants to make much of us. He wants to use us in mighty ways. He wants to use us to slay giants. He wants to use us to part waters. God didn't come down and part waters. Moses put his rod down and it all, and it all parted. He wants you to build things. God didn't build the ark. Noah built the ark. And Jesus, fully God, but fully man, came and gave his life, died to all of his desires to stay in glory in heaven. He came to this earth. He wants you to build, to part, to heal, to set free, to sacrifice, and to give your life in a way that draws others to him. He cares much about you. He makes much about you, and he wants to use you. No matter what your little prayers are, your little concerns are, your little desires are, your little prayers. Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let your, let your requests be made known to God. Let him know every, every square inch of your heart, whatever you are feeling. Whatever your emotions that you are dealing with, give them to him. Pray. Seek him. Talk to him. I've got a, a little nephew who one night in, in kids' church, they asked, what do, you want, uh, what, what do you want to pray about? You know, do you have anything to pray about? And he said he wanted pancakes for dinner. He wanted pancakes for dinner. 
So he goes home, and they have pancakes, right? They have pancakes. And after it's all over with, he's all excited, and, 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 and his, his dad, my brother-in-law, uh, says, why are you so excited, Cohen? He's like, because I prayed for pancakes, and we had pancakes. See, some of you guys are too grown up. I was thinking this morning, sitting next to my son, you know what? It's awesome being a dad. You want to know why? Because I could just be a kid. I could be a kid with my kids. I can goof off. I can laugh. I can have fun. That's the way God wants us to come to him. Having fun. Forgetting all the cares and the crap and the stuff of this world and just come unto him and love him and bless him and allow him to love you and bless you and give you, even if it's a little thing. He is not concerned with how great or small your desires, your concerns, your worries are. Just let me fulfill everything in you, he says. Why? Because he thinks much and he makes much of us. He makes much of us. And his care for us, before we move on, his care for us is not just for us. Right? His care for us is not, it's not just for us. Our prayer at C3 for the longest time has been streets and hearts, Right? And now it's that we see Jesus like never before on the streets and hearts of Fort Worth. He doesn't give us something just to, just to stay here. He gives you something to go out and do something with. So one of my, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 4 says, Who comforts us in all of our afflictions. So you can just plug in whatever there. In all of your desires and all of your worries and all of your prayers and all of your concerns and all of your dreams and all of your confusion and all of your chaos and all of your doubt and all of your worry and all of your unbelief, whatever it is, he comforts you where you're at. So that, right? There's always a so that. So that we may, be, we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, who are in any doubt, who are in, in any bit of sickness, who are in any bit of hurting, who are in any bit of shame. How many of you have ever felt shame? Now you have freedom to go and help somebody in shame. How many of you have ever felt convicted about something that you did? Now you can go out and help somebody get free from that, that bondage of that sin or that conviction. So that you may be able to go out and comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. He loves us and he makes much of us, not just to make much of us, so that we can go out and make much of our neighbor, so that we can go out and make much of our coworker, so that we can go out and make much of our, our, the body of Christ. How do we do that? We, by edifying, by encouraging, by building up, by lifting up. We are never going to grow as a body of Christ if we don't begin just encouraging and being the most happy, delightful, encouraging, fun person in the room. I heard a, a video one time. If, you wanna, if, you, if your heart is to prophesy and to speak into people's lives, be the happiest, most encouraging person in the room. Just be happy about people. Man, I see greatness in you. I see God using you. Just begin to encourage and edify and to build up. You don't have to give some fantasy kind of word to somebody. You don't know if that's going to happen. But you do know God is with you and he is for you. And whatever you need, he will give to you. Whenever it's time for you to speak, he will speak through you. Whenever you need strength, he will give you strength. Whenever you need grace, he will give you grace. Whenever, he, you, whenever you need breath in your lungs, you just feel like you can't breathe anymore, the weight of the world is upon you, he will give you that breath. 
So whatever you need, he's given it to you, but it's not just for you. Even David prayed, let my cup runneth over. So we make much of him, right? And when we make much of him, we see him make much of us. So we make much of God, and then he brings it down to us. But I love how this just turns right around to make much of God and more of God. So my third point is this, and I love just like simple lines. Give God some praise. Just give God praise. Wherever you're at, whatever you're searching for, praise him. Whatever you're in need of, praise him. The reason I, I, I feel like God's called me to, to be a worship leader is because I'm very expressive. I, I'm a shouter. You can ask my kids. I'm a shouter. I talk to some people and dads like, do you ever yell at your kids? They're like, no, I'm pretty. I just try to tell them what to do. I'm like, man, I don't see how you do that because I get like all kind of frustrated and sideways and I, I'm, I'm a yell. I'm going to raise my voice. But you know what? I love raising my voice in worship. This is not the only place I lift my voice. One of my favorite places is in the car. Is in the car. I have sung myself hoarse riding around in the car and singing. Now, that's not a, a, a flex or, or a boast. I'm just saying I love, to, I love to lift my voice. I believe God has given me a voice for at, at like a weapon to go in to break things up, to tear things down, to speak and to sing healing over people. So I, I believe that I have a voice and it's to be used. And I love expression. I love what C.S. Lewis says about expression. It says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy. All the men better say yes and amen. To your wives, the husbands say yes and amen. I love to delight. Uh, I, I think we, we delight to praise in what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but it, com it completes the enjoyment. It doesn't just merely express the enjoyment, but it completes the enjoyment. How, can you, how many of you husbands could ever be around your wife looking so beautiful and never say a word? I hope she slaps you if that's you. <laughs> yeah, see, we already got one saying, yes, preach on, preacher. Preach on, preacher. It doesn't just, com it doesn't just complete, uh, uh, express, but it completes the enjoyment. It is its appropriate consummation. It is out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. Why? Because the delight is incomplete until it's expressed. I believe that my, the, the fullness, the consummation, the completion of my enjoyment in God comes whenever I begin to express it. Not seeing what he's given me and just just standing there and being quiet and, you know, hands aside. Like, I feel like a fire just boiling up on the inside of me, just standing there like that. That was uncomfortable. I love to express it. You can ask my wife all the time. You're so pretty. Even in, like, the most awkward, weird moments. Like, I just love to tell her, you know, babe, you're so pretty. Even when she's, like, making weird faces or, you know, getting all situation. Babe, you're so pretty. Am I lying? I'm not lying. I know. I know. I better. <laughs> but I can't help it. 
because I enjoy the beauty. I enjoy the relationship. I enjoy the closeness. I enjoy the touch. I enjoy feeling her next to me. I enjoy the touch from heaven. I enjoy the, the, the faithfulness of his presence all around me wherever I go. And I have to express it. So my encourage, encouragement to you this morning is this. Make much of God. In every area of your life, make, he, his name is greater than your sin. His name is greater than your sickness. His, greater, his name is greater than your frustration at your job. His name is greater than anything you'll go through and deal with in this life. His name is greater than the gifts and the callings that he's put on your life. So make much of him. And as you make much of him, he's going to make much of you. And he's going to draw you closer. And he's going to give you everything. He's going to give you what you don't have. As you are faithful with what you do have. I've got breath in my lungs, so I'm going to praise him. That may be all that I've got right now, but God, I'm going to praise you. And he's going to exalt you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to satisfy your desires, fulfill your, your heart's desires. And it doesn't just stop there. It turns right around to more and more praise. You know, we say we want to see Jesus like never before on the streets and hearts of Fort Worth. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. So as, as grace extends from us, from you, from you, from you, from you, from you, from you, and every one of us in here to more and more people, thanksgiving increases. More and more hearts, more and more streets are touched by the presence and the glory of God. All for thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Your praise is not just now. It has an eternal lasting quality psalm 106 48 blessed be the lord the god of israel from everlasting to everlasting psalm 34 i will bless the lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth make much of him he's making much of you to go out and make much more of him so that much more thanksgiving will increase and the glory of god will fill and cover this earth as the waters cover the sea amen, amen. i want you to stand up on your feet this morning We're going to sing, we're going to pray, uh, I think Mary's going to come up and give us some announcements here shortly. We're going to pray, we're going to worship for a moment, Mary will come up and pray, uh, give us announcements. But I just want to uh, let you all know that this altar is open. So at any point you need prayer, you don't have to leave, we're not kicking you out, you're welcome to come down for prayer. I will be here, some of our leaders will be down here ready to pray with you believe with you. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we pray that you would follow up your word. God, that you would pursue us with signs and wonders. God, that we would see the Psalms, the word of God, the instruction from God through man to man about life. God, any emotions, any affections that we have that are not of you, help them to be uh, steered in the right direction for you. From you are all things, goodness, faithfulness. And to you are all things, all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our glory, all of our honor. 
is yours and yours alone. And I pray this morning, God, that through all of this, through worship, through word, through greeting one another, God, that we would begin to see Jesus more and more like never before on the streets and in every heart of Fort Worth, every heart that you've called to your kingdom, not C3 Fort Worth's kingdom, but your kingdom. Let them be brought to you. Let us have full hearts to see the downtrodden, to see the humiliated, to see the oppressed, to see the forgotten. We extend a hand to bring up, to draw up, to encourage, to build up. And we can stand beside them in an increase of thanksgiving to the glory of God. We pray this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.